0: This is Better Benefits, a podcast from the team at Brella Insurance. We're talking about how to use employee benefits to build a world where health hardships don't create financial burdens. If you're a broker or employer looking for fresh ideas and new products employees will actually use, this shows for you. Hi there, I'm Laura Cave, head of marketing here at Brella, and this is Better Benefits episode number 34. Today, I'm excited to welcome Whaley Shao Xiao to the show. Whaley is president of Omada Health, the category leader in virtual chronic care management. Omada was named one of Fast Company's 50 most innovative companies in the world and is the first fully virtual healthcare provider to earn an NCQA population health program accreditation. As employers all over the world have had to transition to hybrid and remote work, Omada knows a thing or two about how to deliver world-class personalized healthcare in a virtual setting. And in April 2021, they actually launched the Omada Insights Lab to study and share learnings from the health journeys of over 500,000 members, 13 million messages, and a billion data points across its customer base. The lab released its first report a few weeks ago in October 2021 and emphasized that apps and technology aren't really enough, but patient-doctor relationships are the most important drivers of change. The report shares that Omada has an 88% member satisfaction rate and that members have an average of 31 points of engagement per week, including activity tracking, meal tracking, weigh-ins logins and group messages. So Mike, I was wondering if you could just react for a minute to some of those stats and give us some context about how unusual that level of engagement is in the world of benefits.
1: Sure. Hey Laura, uh, yeah, great to be here with you today and, and really excited that Whaley is here to talk to us about what is happening, all the good stuff that's happening at Omada. You know, to answer your question, this level of engagement is is really unheard of in our industry. And I, I think that's partly because the core of the benefits program is is built around the health benefit. And, and most people interact with the health system at an in-person doctor's visit a few times a year, right? So there just isn't that much opportunity to see the value of, of benefits at work. But that changes really drastically when you're dealing with a chronic health issue. And, and research shows, I, I think the last stat was 69 or 70% of the average group has at least one chronic condition. And, and you need a lot more interactions which is what Omada has built. So I'm really excited to hear about the results that they're driving when it comes to health outcomes. And and particularly for our audience, I'm especially interested to hear how this adds value for the employer because it sounds like it could be really powerful.
0: That's right. Well, let's go ahead and introduce Whaley, and we'll jump right into it. So, as I mentioned, Whaley is the president of Omada Health. Previously, he spent over 18 years at Eli Lilly, and he earned his MBA from Indiana University's Kelley School of Business. Whaley, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Laura. Hi, Mike. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. Looking forward to conversation. Mike, thanks for your your intro comments up there, up top. Hugely insightful. Uh, great foundation for our conversation. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so Waylee, I wonder if you could get us started by giving us a little bit of background on your professional journey and I'm curious to hear you you tell our listeners a little bit more about why you're so passionate about the mission at Omada.
2: Yeah, for sure, Laura. I mean, you know, the journey I've had for me has been life-changing and profound. Everybody's got their own journey, all very, very special. My kind of professional journey here is intertwined with my own personal one, as you mentioned up top. I've spent a large portion of my career in the biopharmaceutical industry, running small businesses, large businesses, and across four different continents around the world. And that certainly has been a huge kind of foundational experience builder for me. But what got me here and what's get me gets me so passionate about virtual care and digital health, and what got me here at Omada actually was two pivotal. Kind of events or periods of time in my life. The first one actually was very professional. I um, have had the opportunity to lead a number of different teams again in the biopharmaceutical industry. And as part of that, we had begin, begun early on experimenting with virtual care and digital care and had the opportunity to roll out a number of digital health solutions in a number of different places. And it was at that point in time I said, my gosh, you know, innovative medicines are always going to be important, but the power of a digital first approach making care quality care accessible by billions of people kind of simultaneously was something that just blew my mind and I knew that it was something that was going to be pioneered in my lifetime and at that point well over a decade ago uh, I'd begin my path to kind of eventually transition into what I call my my own life or journey 2.0 which is the second half of my life here in virtual care the second part was I went through um, a pretty life-changing life altering altering kind of more mortal Health event about five years ago, and uh, that showed me that you know connecting people to care at the right time with the right people and the right resources is not an easy thing, and it's not working well. And on top of that, it gave me the swift kick in the pants uh, to realize that tomorrow is not a guarantee. So if this is where my passion lies, then then I've got to move. And that series of events really led me to of Health, and I haven't looked back since.
1: Yeah, I just, I think I say this almost every episode that I co-host with you, Laura, I love the stories as to why folks are, are doing what they're doing and the passion. You can just hear it, Whaley, in, in, your, in your voice. I, I commend you for that. If you wouldn't mind, share a little bit more about Omada's virtual first solutions. And I, and I think what would be really helpful is to, to sort of get deep into what it does for members and, and how it actually works.
2: Yeah, a great question, Mike, and I think it's a critical one because there's an explosion, uh, as we all know, in virtual care, digital health, and the marketplace. COVID nineteen, as we all know, accelerated what we believed a future ten years out would be. It's now kind of right front and center for us, and so your your question is is apropos to understand who Omada is and what we do. I think is helpful to to understand why we do what we do first. We fundamentally believe that there is a better way to deliver chronic condition care management, specifically in the areas of diabetes prevention, diabetes, hypertension, musculoskeletal, and behavioral health. We believe that because all the science and evidence would show that despite all of the innovations in pharmaceuticals, all the innovations in medical practice, all the innovations in diagnostics that the health of Americans and people around the world is actually not getting better, it's getting worse. We're getting beat by the environment. We're getting beat by social determinants of health. We're getting beat by our own lifestyles and decisions that we make. And so fundamentally at Omada, we believe there's a better way that the battle in war against chronic conditions is not won or lost in doctor's offices that occur maybe three or four times a year in terms of doctor visits. But instead, the battle is won or lost on a day-to-day care standpoint where an individual needs to make a decision about their care, about what they do consciously or unconsciously. And we believe that's the lock and key to creating better outcomes and a lower cost of care for everybody who is suffering from these conditions. So underpinning that, what is OMADA? So OMADA has got a business model. I like to call it the OMADA care approach that combines a few things that come together. The first one, of course, is understanding you've got a problem and coming into our program and immediately getting you know, cellular connected devices, interacting with our app. And that's important because it begins to develop what we call a digital footprint, which then surfaces up care insights. Those care insights then are ingested and looked at and compared to billions of other data points and care insights that we have across hundreds of thousands of people to determine what actually might be happening. And Maybe there are 10 things that can be done, but three, according to our data, have been proven to work the best. And At that point in time, our care team, a group of humans, a group of individuals dedicated to the member, look at that data, look at those recommendations, and decide based upon what is going on in an individual's life, what to do next, and what is the best course of action. We then talk to the uh, member through our technology platform to gain that buy-in, to help them understand why this change, whether it's big or whether it's small, actually matters and how it can help them. And then we reactively and proactively create that mutual accountability, which creates engagement in our care program. And when that engagement occurs, two magical things happen. The first one is engagement we know leads to health outcomes and better cost of care. But it also creates more data. That feeds back into what you mentioned earlier, Omada Insights Lab that helps us refine care algorithms across billions of data points and hundreds of thousands of people so that that cycle occurs over and over again, tens of thousands and about hundreds of thousands of times a day for our members to deliver the health outcomes and changes in their life. So we really blend clinical guidelines, behavior science, Machine learning and all of the artificial intelligence combined and delivered by humans at a care team dedicated to their members, and we use technology in our proprietary platform to scale that quality of care across hundreds of thousands of people.
1: Well, that is awesome. That is uh, really impressive, Whaley. I, again, I, I can just hear the uh, the passion as you sort of take us through that that value prop. And I think the, the logical next question is, you know, what has been the impact on these programs, specifically with your Employer groups that you're you're working with, and and you know how have they embraced the, the solutions?
2: You know, Mike, we are fortunate. We have here at Omada uh, been in the digital health virtual care space now for over a decade. We like to think of ourselves as pioneers, always pushing the boundaries of of healthcare. And upon that journey over the last decade, we've had the opportunity to work with incredible employers, clients, and health plans. We've got over 1,600 employer clients now. We work with some of the largest health plans, millions and millions of benefits of lives across our five condition programs. And what that affords us to do is actually study in an evidence based way what it is that we can actually deliver for our customers. You know, we've been able to demonstrate through our trials, both randomized clinical trials as well as kind of what we call book of business trials. That, for instance, in our diabetes management program, we can affect kind of the gold, golden standard of lowering uh, hemoglobin A1c or HbA1c on the level that pharmaceutical medicines can actually do it over one percentage point. But it doesn't stop there. Because of our integrated care approach, we can actually decrease cholesterol and increase medication adherence by over 10%. And we do that uh, not just for one person, but tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people because people engage. Our members engage with our application, whether it be participating in a community, participating with a peer group, or learning about something, or interacting with our care team, about 30, 31 times per week. And that level of engagement powers that care approach that I talked about at the top of the podcast that creates uh, real outcomes and in, in healthcare savings. We completed a large, probably the largest diabetes prevention program study to date with a national healthcare insurance provider. And we basically found that employers can experience anywhere from a 1.5 to a 2.5 to one ROI across year one and year two of the program. And that was sustained over thousands of participants. And we believe that when employers hear that and health plans hear that, and they see the, the level and weight of the evidence... That Omada becomes, you know, a preferred choice in somebody that they want to work with.
1: Did you say th- your your average member engages with the mobile app or the the, the platform thirty one times a week?
2: That's right. That's right. It is it is a phenomenally, almost unbelievable number. But you know, members have the opportunity within the Omada program to interface with the care program in so many what I call multiple touch ways whether it be through our connected devices, through their peer communities, through their care team. And a lot of digital healthcare solutions, they may have the remote patient monitoring part and some nudges, but they don't have the care team approach, or they may have the care team approach, but they don't have the technology platform to scale. And you know, it's really the combination of both those things uh, that gets the, the user engaged and excited. But most importantly, that engagement leads to, of course, behavior change and results.
0: Yeah, I I wanna ask you more about some of the the findings that are coming out of the Insight Lab, but I just wanna wanna sort of preview that I was digging around doing some research in preparation for this conversation. And what was so impressive to me is, you know, everybody talks about their technology and data and AI and learnings, and it can kind of all sound like techno babbles sometimes, but what really stuck out to me was the relationships that are being built on your platform, you're hearing members say things like, I wanted my coach to be proud of me right like I didn't want to let my coach down and that rises so far above features and clicks and engagement points it's it's about relationships it sounds like maybe you can expand on on some of what those findings were.
2: yeah, it is it is about relationships. And more importantly, it's about relationships at scale. Is There is a, an asymmetrical or maybe an oxymoron that is, says that the more relationships you have at scale, the less personal they are. Or the more relationships you have with people, the less trust or let, they're, they're less special in some way. And that's the nut to crack when you want to impact total population health, we believe here at OMADA that the currency of trust and relationship is one of the key drivers behind behavior change. And we believe behavior change is what is required on a daily basis, 365 days out of the year to create a meaningful impact on health. And so really the challenge becomes is like, how do you scale one-to-one relationships that have a high bar of trust across hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people? And so you know, through the Omada Insights Lab, it's something we've been doing actually for many, many years through the early end stages and inception of our company. But we really bridge five things together. Data science, uh, which I think people on this call know what that is. Behavior science. It's a basically framework of self-determination theory that helps people understand what, how and why do I make particular decisions every day, whether it be what I eat or do I do a particular workout or do I take my medication? And then protocols or clinical design. And then product design, which is that UX that gets people engaged, that wants them to open the application and the interface. And then care delivery, which is our care team, is the, the group that I say, love to be able to say, delivers the promise of what we make. And through the Insights Lab, what we've discovered is, is a few things. And, and Laura, if, if, if I can maybe take a little bit of time and, and share with you and your, your listenership, And with Mike, maybe just one or two or three of my favorite kind of insights that we pulled out, I think folks will will really find them interesting. You had mentioned earlier, Laura, at the top about apps and connected devices. And one of our major findings, this is one of my favorite, are that apps and connected devices are not enough for chronic condition management. So a lot of companies have invested in like high-tech monitoring and that stuff's important. But at the end of the day, if you don't pair that with a care team, then you don't get meaningful change. What we have found that members, Omada members who engage with their care team through our technology platform, through that trusted relationship, and then they do so in the first week of their program, they are 94% more likely to achieve their target health outcomes goals. That's huge. And the opposite is true, is that if you don't have a human component, you don't have a care team component that can be scaled through a robust technological platform, then you don't get that engagement, and people are less likely to interact and less likely to achieve their outcomes. So the industry myth that apps and connected devices are sufficient—I feel like we've debunked—and is is core and part and parcel of our of kind of kind of what we do here at uh, Omada. One of the other ones, my favorite, is um, all about reactive. Health coaching. So there are a number of very successful digital health companies out there who, you know, if they get an alert, there is a reactive approach that reaches out to the member or the patient to say, hey, we saw this, so on and so forth. But what we've found is that reactive is not enough. Reactive and proactive, that mix, that choreography interaction is actually what really, really moves the needle over a long period of time. We conducted a few prospective studies on protocols giving, let's say, food feedback to members after they track their meals in the app. We found that quite simply proactive feedback from our OMADA coaches and our care team, not reactive, about meal tracking retention actually grew meal tracking and kind of adherence to the meal, meal plan by 10 to 15%, which directly causatively caused a 0.5% more weight reduction over the course of about four months. So reactive has a role, but when not paired with proactive, you just don't get the maximum kind of return on, on the efforts that anybody uh, particularly like employs in, in interacting with the application. There are a number of other kind of like myths and beliefs that I can go through, but those are probably, you know, maybe my top two that I keep on thinking about. Wow, you know, I, I think there's, there's something special here.
0: That's great. And I think, you know, there's a lot of applications for this type of learning for benefits professionals when you think about how are we going to improve engagement when it comes to health benefits? How are we going to change behavior when it comes to enrollment you know, this idea of technology plus relationships, proactive plus reactive is really interesting to think about how you could apply those principles across the board when when trying to coach people into unfamiliar territory or into new habits and new ways of, you know, living. It's super fascinating.
2: It is. It is super fascinating. And if I can maybe tell a little bit of a personal story, Laura. So I myself in a MADA, in a, a MADA program participant or member- in our musculoskeletal, you know, kind of uh, acute joint and chronic joint pain program. And uh, a year ago, I sprained my ankle. I've got some right side weakness kind of stuff from longstanding kind of, you know, health issues and things like that. And did our virtual physical therapy program, met with a physical therapist on a weekly basis, followed it, did well. And then probably a year ago or a year later, which brings us to now, had a related injury in my right foot. And I cannot tell you how nice it was to interact with the very same physical therapist who originally helped me get over my my sprained ankle because the two conditions are related. And having that relationship, having that background, she was really able to say, hey, maybe these things are connected. We probably need to not only strengthen your foot, but also your ankle. Fast forward a couple of weeks later, I'm up and moving. I'm starting to run again. And all of that done without leaving my home. 7am physical therapy appointment, like who can do that these days if you did it in person and uh, did it all from the convenience of my mobile phone. And to be able to revolutionize healthcare that way and make it that accessible, I'm not quite sure I would have driven to my physical therapy appointments every week, uh, given my schedule and so on and so forth. And I think my story is the same for millions of Americans.
1: Yeah. I mean, Whaley, I I have a uh, I have a, a chronic low bad back and I can tell you there are many days I should be doing things tied to the routine that I've been prescribed that I don't do or I don't take advantage of you know the opportunities to sort of work on that because it's just not all that accessible and you know I think you hit on a, a critical point there making it easy making it accessible and and you know, obviously it's just such a huge differentiator. So good on you guys for that. I'm I'm curious if if you sort of think about what's next for Omada. But before we answer that question, you know, I couldn't help but thinking, couldn't help but think about what we've sort of gone through over the last 18 to 24 months with COVID and and you know how. You know your your business was just so aligned to be able to to continue with with care in the way in which you're delivering that. I'm just curious if if you could speak to you know the impact of of COVID or or any key insights there, and then also what's next for your company?
2: Absolutely. You know, like you, Mike, and for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Laura and every one of the listeners out there. I mean, what we've been through the last you know one to two years. You know, there's going to be a blip in the world timeline. For COVID nineteen, where things changed, and the arc of you know where our future was headed bent one way uh, as opposed to heading down the other way, it has been a profound period of change for everyone. And you know, one of the things that comes out of difficulty like this is disruption, both positive and negative. On the negative side, I think we all have our personal stories, and they're they're saddening, and they're depressing, and and they're devastating. On the positive dis- disruption side, it has really brought the future forward. It has accelerated it. COVID-19, on one hand, unfortunately, on one hand, fortunately, has instigated a revolution in transformation and accelerated one in the area of access to care, accelerated a focus on providing different modalities of care that are more convenient. We learned during COVID-19 that people's chronic conditions got worse. They didn't get better. And it's not you know, hard to understand why. But to know that during that period of time where people couldn't actually physically meet with people, that there was actually something available 24-7 that could help them so that their chronic conditions didn't get worse was an epiphany. I think an industry healthcare ecosystem epiphany that has accelerated massive amounts of change. Somebody once told me that luck is defined by when opportunity and preparation meet each other. And I think that's where Omada was during that period of time. We'd been lucky to scale. Uh, we would lucky to be in the right place and right time for which we founded our company. Our mission and vision was relevant, and we were able to help tens of thousands, if not additional hundreds of thousands, of people during this period of time. So we're, we're blessed, we're privileged, and we're humbled, and we take that incredibly seriously. To lead into, of course, we can't stop. You know, we can't just relish in the success we've had, but we've got to look towards the future because you know things have accelerated. And we've got to move. And while we don't make it a habit of kind of disclosing what we're doing specifically in the future, what I can tell you is that there are a couple of really big things that are driving the market, that are driving the industry, that are, I think, based in kind of evidence and in clinical and and member demand. And they're the following. The first one is, is that everyone understands and has seen the importance of behavioral health, mental health, stress, anxiety, depression over the last year or so. But what most people don't understand and realize is there's clear evidence and um, published clinical trials to show that if you don't address uh, the mental health or behavioral health aspects of chronic conditions, that you can't make progress on those chronic conditions. So the integration of behavioral health into chronic condition management programs is a must. It's an imperative. and. While everybody is so focused on like, oh hey, listen, I have depression, anxiety, or stress. Super important, super important to get access to cognitive behavioral therapy or telemed or telehealth or teletherapy. We can't think about that in the absence of everything else that is going on in that person's life. And so, the integration of behavioral health into chronic condition care management is uh, is a trend in a, in a clinical imperative. The second one, you know, I would say is related to what I call ecosystem integration and interoperability. Digital health, for the most part, has been operating outside of the mainstream healthcare ecosystem for a number of different reasons. Where things need to go and have to go is people can't think, oh, uh, people will all go digital 100% or people will all go in-person 100%. The reality is there's room for both and there's bright times for both. But you have to have an integrated approach. One of the biggest challenges we have right now is that there are a number of effective digital health or virtual care point solutions for one condition. But the problem is, is that unfortunately, most Americans have multiple conditions. So imagine having five apps on your phone for the five conditions you have. None of those apps talk to each other. None of them are integrated. And you have five different care teams. That sounds incredibly reminiscent of the problem we have in in-person care. So point solutions actually propagate, replicate, and are repeating the problems in the bricks and mortar world, and they're transporting them into the digital world. And that's exactly not what needs to happen. So the idea of multi-conditioned care, integrated care, through one seamless integrated platform and care experience is another, I think, experience and clinical imperative that needs to be addressed.
0: That's exactly what came to mind when you were talking about your foot injury and your previous ankle injury and the continuity of care that you were able to experience with your care team at Omada. You know, first of all, if you were in a traditional care setting, your provider probably wouldn't know about the previous ankle injury unless you told them and they wouldn't have the scans, right? They wouldn't be able to see the imaging. They wouldn't know what the treatment plan was for it. And this is why we have such a problem with the cost of all the repeat x-rays and mris and all of those things that keep happening because our medical records and imaging, you know, platforms are not all connected. So that just really resonates with me what you're saying.
2: I 100% agree. You know, I alluded to a fact earlier that I had a, a huge healthcare about 5 5 years ago. I was seeing a uh, you know my primary care physician, I was seeing a neurologist, I was seeing a neurosurgeon, I was seeing, you know, a whole bunch of folks. I had a D-ring binder, Laura, that was literally, I don't know, what's the largest D-ring binder out there? It's probably like a <laughs> probably four and a half to four 5 inches. Inch, yeah, a yeah, four-inch D-ring binder and overflowing with information about me because every doctor I saw, I had to bring my own information for me. And how, I mean, here I am a technology guy bringing around a four-inch D-ring binder. So digital health and virtual care is perfectly suited to solve that problem but as long as we propagate point solutions, we're going to be replicating that problem into the virtual world. And um, you know, they always say a new solution creates new problems, but we've got to debunk that, that history. We've got to provide integrated care across conditions such that users are not focusing on making sure their providers have the right information, but they're focused on actually making the meaningful changes in their life that we know drive outcomes in a lower cost of care.
0: That's awesome. That's really incredible. Well, before we let you go, there is one last question that I always ask our guests because everyone who comes on the show is such an incredible leader. And I know from your experience, you've been leading teams globally and building businesses all over the world. And so I'm going to be nosy about your bookshelf and ask you if there is a book or a resource that had a really big impact on you, either personally or professionally in your leadership style, something that you'd recommend to our leaders, our listeners.
2: Ah, uh, man, that might have been the hardest question of the interview i I literally miss sitting at my desk here at home working remotely, and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight nine books sitting on my desk that are that literally are on my reading list for for the year. I'm a huge reader, but I think the one book that has forever made a profound impact on me is an old one. It's like super old. I doubt any of your listeners or any of your guests have ever mentioned this book before. Uh, it's called The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. I, I think this book probably was written or maybe, maybe the 60s or 40s. I can't even remember. My biggest learning and epiphany that I carry with, carry with me today, and maybe it sounds a bit trite to, to, to say it, is that it is executive as a leader, as a professional, a knowledge worker, as a husband, father, friend, the greatest asset you have, the greatest gift you can give is the gift of time. Time is, by definition, a valuable asset because there's a limited amount. And giving time is a gift because what you can do with time is infinite. You can care for somebody, you can love with somebody, you can coach with somebody, you can lead somebody, you you can get mad at somebody, you can get emotional about somebody or something, and you can waste it. And Peter Drucker said in this book that the greatest resource that any leader or manager has is what they do with his or her time. And so I guess maybe I'll leave that with you and with Mike and the listeners that that's kind of, that's kind of my go-to.
0: That's awesome. That's definitely sounds like something that I'll love to check out. We will be sure to include a link to that title in our show notes on the blog. And um, Wei Lee, I just want to thank you so much for spending some of your time with us today. I think it's going to be really such a valuable conversation for our listeners to experience. And we just really appreciate you taking the time to be here.
2: Well, I so appreciate uh, you having me on as a guest. It's been a privilege. I'm humbled. Laura, pleasure to meet you. Mike, pleasure to meet you too as well. And to all the listeners out there, I hope you have a wonderful day.
0: All right. Well, Mike, so many takeaways from this. It's going to be hard to narrow it down. What are a couple of things that are standing out for you?
1: Yeah. Well, first, uh, just a, a great discussion and really impressed with Waylee and, and, and Omada. I think the one thing that stuck out initially for me was this concept of mutual accountability in their program and how they really actively seek to find that and, and drive that because of the end result. And that's the engagement levels that they're seeing. You know, I, I think in theory that works in, in, in more than just this discussion. But when you think about, you know, chronic disease management and chronic care, you know, work and, and effort, making sure that uh, both sides are on the same page and 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 holding each other accountable and and how that's, you know, portraying itself in engagement levels that we talked about was, was really pretty impressive. And I I think a, a piggyback to that was was how Omada is is using those cycles of feedback and and results for for continued refinement and how they're leveraging those learnings, you know, for all of their engagements as they continue, right? So not sort of sitting back and 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 banking on what they already know, but continuing to leverage the results and findings and and learnings to you know drive a stronger and, and much better solution for their members. I, I thought was. Uh, was impressive as well. How about for you?
0: Yeah, just building on what you said, I think it's incredibly powerful the way that they are using the unique position they find themselves in. You know, 10 years into experience in virtual care on a digital platform it is you know a really valuable set of information and for them to dig into that and share those learnings with the broader healthcare community and those of us in the benefit space is is an incredible asset for us to take advantage of in partnering with them and really just seeing what those findings can mean for our own efforts one of the things that really stuck out for me was this concept of continuity of care in a virtual environment you know there's a lot that's really impressive about omada's technology their digital platform the way that they're able to advise the next best actions based on what's been clinically proven to be the most effective in terms of reaching certain health outcomes i mean all of that is so impressive but the opportunity for them to continue that relationship and continue care in a straight line, in a relationship, as opposed to the way that people used to bounce around, you know, in-person care at clinics that are not connected to each other. I mean, it it just provides, it shows the way that virtual care can have such an advantage over in-person care. You sort of wonder at first when you hear this, like, oh, they've been accredited by the NCQA, which is the highest standard of care that you can have. As a virtual healthcare provider, it's just sort of mind-blowing, but when you think about the opportunity for continuity of care and the amount of convenience that will provide to the patient and also the cost savings for the employer on not having those repeat scans and not having those repeat visits, it's just really stunning to think about. And then the the last thing that stuck out for me from what Weili shared was this idea that we shouldn't be replicating the old problems in new environments. This idea that we're going to just replicate what we had in the physical world, in the digital world, without taking you know advantage of the things that the digital world affords us is, is a real temptation, and I think a real problem, even in just the benefit space. We have folks who Are you know used to working in person who are now maybe working remotely or in a hybrid environment, and it can be tempting for us to just rebuild in a virtual, you know, setting the old enrollment patterns and the old benefit packages that maybe don't work as well as they could or don't take advantage of the opportunities that are presented by the fact that we're now in a hybrid environment or a partially remote environment. So I just thought there were, were really interesting lessons coming out of Omado's work that can be applied across the board. And and that's that makes me really glad that that we had this conversation today. Makes sense. So if you'd like to connect with Waylee and the team at Omada, you can visit their website at omadahealth.com. I'll add that link as well as a link to the book that Waylee mentioned in our show notes, which you can find at joinbrella.com podcast. If you want to get in touch with us or learn more about Brella, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us through our website at joinbrella.com. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to the Better Benefits newsletter. As always, thank you for listening. Visit joinbrella.com slash podcast for notes from today's show. And if you liked the episode, share it with a colleague. This helps us spread the word. Be sure to subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss our next episode. And that's a wrap. This is Laura Cave and Mike Zorillo from the Better Benefits Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week.